0: Hey, good morning, good to see y'all, welcome online, good to have you here. Hey, uh, we are continuing our mind game series today, I hope you're uh, ready for a great day. Hey, this whole series kind of stems around this idea that your thoughts push your life in that direction. Whatever you're thinking, whatever those thoughts that you have in your mind, that's where your life is going to end up. And some of you are in a place today and it's no surprise because that's what you've been thinking. It actually pushes your life in that direction. So uh, I've actually, for this series... Uh, kind of took three books that I think were very powerful and I want to share them with you. You can get all of these on Audible as well. So if you're a driver and you don't like to actually read a book, you can listen to it. Winning the War on Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. The One Truth by John Gordon. Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, these are all great in different ways. I think they're going to add a lot of value to your life. And so I would highly encourage you uh, to read one of those or to listen to one of those books. You can get them off Amazon or wherever else Uh, you would buy your book. So I would highly encourage you uh, to pick that up. But a couple weeks ago, we talked about this kind of idea, for those of you that are like uh, Gen Z, we'll kind of explain like this archaic thing called a, a radio All right, and there's this thing where it's like AM and FM, and it's two different types of frequencies. So um, no one listens to AM, all right? No one listens to it. Everyone listens. If you're going to listen to radio, it's going to be an FM station. But your brain is going to tune into either one of those stations. And so we'll say AM is like uh, your negative thoughts. We would call that like a low state of mind, all right? This is like where you're kind of down here. In the gutter, these low thoughts like negativity, doubts, fears, insecurities, disconnection, isolation. Um, We would all say that that is a low state of mind. That's listening to A.M., And then FM, we would say, is more like positivity. Uh, It would be love, connection, uh, community. Um, It would be security. We would call that a high state of mind. Uh, So you have a low state of mind and a high state of mind. All of us think in those different ways. Just most of us tend to stay in this realm of a low state of mind. You'll never get to FM if you're stuck on FM. A.M. And the same is true, like you'll never think the thoughts you should be thinking if you're constantly stuck in this low state of mind. We have this scripture that's kind of been like our uh, key verses for this series, and it's in 2 Corinthians uh, 10. Paul writes it this way, and I love how he says it. He says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning And to destroy false arguments, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. So he's talking about this idea of human reasoning and it's all about logic and it's the way that our minds think. So what you think, it's going to push your life in that direction. So today I want to talk about kind of this low state of mind, It's AM. And next week as we close this series out... I want to talk about what it means to focus on a high state of mind. How do we get to the frequencies, that FM, how are we supposed to be there? Uh, But today we'll focus on this low state where most of us are going to find that there's a lot of commonality. There's going to be things that you're going to resonate with today because it's where our minds tend to be most of the time. And it's your experiences, it shapes your life. Your experiences actually shape your life. Um, I talk about this a lot, but I grew up uh, in the military family. My dad was in the Army for 22 years, so I was, I'm an Army brat. And uh, when people ask me, Hey, Dan, where are you from? Uh, I normally will say, uh, I'm from Arizona. Right? I lived there for six years. I went through puberty there. You kind of had to claim it, you know? And so I'm like, I'm from, I'm from there. And they're like, No, no, no. Where are you from? So I'm like, uh, I, uh, I was born in California, you know, like that's, I was born there. They're like, no, where are you from? And basically what they're trying to say without saying is like, you're Asian, but I don't know what kind of Asian you are. And so if you could just tell me like where, like you're from over there in the Asia, right? Over in the Asia, which part of that are you from? And, I, and then I was like, my mom is Korean. She married a white dude, you know, and, and so I was born, I'm American. I don't know what else to tell you, right? But now... <laughs> now I'm from Gadsden, Alabama, y'all. You know what I'm saying? So I've been living in Gadsden for a long time now. So, um, But anyway, so I moved around a lot, all right? And every time uh, I would make friends or whatever, it'd be the time where like my parents were like, hey, we're moving again. And it was constant moving my entire life. And honestly, that kind of affected me in ways that I didn't know. And Imagine with me, if you will, like my dad uh, was stationed in Korea again, so we lived there for two years, and when we came back to the states, moved to Arizona. Um, it's 1996. It's like October 1996. I have missed two years of American culture, and I come back, and it's like Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls and Hanson. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, like what is happening right now? Like I had no idea uh, what was going on, but I was like. Mm. Chicken, yeah, no, this is not okay. Uh, it was before, that's when I started listening to hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I was like, nah, I am not cool with this. Uh, anyone else out there? Leave me hanging out there. I know some of you Spice Girls be like, mm, but she was scary, right? So, um, so just imagine like I, I come back in this world that like I don't know nothing about any of the culture and I'm trying to make friends, doing the same thing. And, and honestly, because I move so much, Uh, I really struggle to make deep connections. Uh, My wife, you know, her experience is totally different. She grew up in the same house her entire life. And it was like when I married her, it was the first time she lived anywhere else. We lived 10 minutes from where her parents lived, right? Like I don't know what that's like. And so for me, like it's really difficult to make uh, some deep connections because I know one of two things are going to happen. You're going to leave or I'm going to leave there's no point to invest in this relationship because people are gonna leave. And uh, that kind of affected me. And so I thought, you know, as I got older, I will change that. Uh, I wanna make sure that I'm around people. So I was like, I'm gonna gonna be in ministry. I'm gonna serve in the church because people never leave. (laughs) No, that's not true at all. Because the first several years of, of my life, it was a lot of transition after transition, move after move over and over again. And honestly, it became very easy for me to be uh, just moving around and to, tra- to transition, to adapt to different places. Um, and it shaped me. You know, today now I understand, like, I'm able to connect with all kinds of people, from people from all different walks of life. I'm very adaptable. Uh, but honestly, uh, most of my relationships are, like, surface-level relationships. I have to work really hard if I want to have a meaningful relationship with somebody. And I used to think about the way that I was raised, and I used to, like, be very frustrated about it, and it used to look at it in a very negative light, just like, man, I didn't ask for this, like my dad, you know, this was his career, and he's moving us around, he had a family, he should have thought about that, he should have just like settled down in a place and let us be in a location, and, and honestly, it affected me in a really negative way, but now I see things through a little bit different filter, and I see it through how God wanted me to see it. And um, it's all about the filter you use. So we kind of say it like this. The filters you use shape how you see life. The filters you use shape how you see life. I, I love, like, we got, like, a ton of students. They always, like, sit, uh, like, closer down front. So, like, back, and, like, back in my day, all right, uh, when I was your age, we had these things, little square box like this. And it had film in it. And it would be a flash photography, and so if we wanted to take a picture of ourselves, we'd turn it around, we'd snap it, <laughs> take 24 of those, all right, we'd go to Walmart, drop it off, or a Walgreens, wait for the film to be developed, and when your parents would take you back, and you would get your film, and you'd take it out, remember, you start looking at your pictures, and then you remember when it's like, you like missed half of your head, you know? You're like, ah, oh, man, like you got like the top of your head where you just got like the background or whatever. Those were the original selfies, y'all. And, and we were like horrible at it, right? You couldn't retake the picture, you would just throw it away. Um, but now, like, you fast forward things, and then like we have like cell phones and you can take pictures. And then remember, like, Instagram came out and it was like you could put a filter over your picture. I mean, it's like we're talking more than like black and white and sepia. We're talking like real filters with skin tones that, that make you look amazing. And like you ever take a picture like dang I, look, I mean, like, dang, I look pretty good in this picture. You know what I mean? Like you ever felt like that? Like you take a picture like, I like this filter. You know, I like the way this filter makes me look. And the same thing is true when it comes to our life. We put filters over the way that we see things. A filter takes our life. From one direction and bam, we put this filter on and it looks completely different. Your past experiences are filters that go into your life that cause you to see life in a different way. Let's use it as an example. I always think it's crazy how two people can walk into the exact same situation and walk away with two completely different results. Uh, Let's use our church for example. At Cornerstone we have a lot of people that come and visit cornerstone and so two people can walk into our church they can sit through an entire service and have totally different outcomes one person could come in and go man like yo, this is cool like the music is cool and like that that person's wearing a hat on stage I didn't even know you could wear hats in church like I love this place there's so many people here I made a lot of friends today and man I really felt like God connected with me I'm coming back next week then the other person go oh my gosh The music was too loud. I can't believe that person was wearing a hat on stage. There were so many people here. They were all trying to talk to me. I didn't want to talk to them. I don't even know if God is real. I'm definitely not going back next week. Isn't that crazy? And it all comes down to the filters that people are using in their life. Now, your life experiences, the things that happened to you in your past, those give you filters for which in how you see life. So some of the filters you can't help because I can't help what you went through. Like your past experiences, I can't help what happened to you as a child or what you experienced as an adult or in college or in life right now. I can't, I can't help you with that. And so some of those things are not your fault. But what I'm saying to you is we have to determine if the filters we're using in our life is based on a lie or based on truth. What I'm saying is I think some of us have to do this painful work of going back to those memories, going back to those moments, looking at it and saying, okay, here I am now. I'm older. right? I have a different perspective of life. This happened to me when I was 10. This happened to me when I was 12. I was 16. And now you have some life on you and you look back and go, okay, now that I understand things differently, is what happened to me really what I should have been walking away with, right? And I'm not saying it's not painful or hard, but what I'm saying is we need a little bit clear perspective. Sometimes there are people, and you're always going to feel like this, like you were a victim, and now your whole life, isn't it ironic you've always been a victim, this happens to me. It's like, I'm a victim. Of course this happens to me. This always takes place. Or like bad things happen, like a bad thing happened to you. And now your whole life, nothing but bad things happen. You're like, bad things. Of course I'm going to, of course they want to leave me. Of course I got fired. Of course I didn't get the promotion. Of course I wasn't picked on the team. I always have. Bad things happen to me because your mind thinks those thoughts constantly It's no wonder why your life ends up in those places. Let's go back to my life for a second. I can focus on the fact that, like, my dad moves us around. And I could be mad at him for what we've done and what he did. I didn't ask to, like, grow up in a military family. That's just what happened to me. But I can go to the truth of God's word, look at the scriptures, and I can add some truth to my life. And I can realize that God had a plan for my life before the moment I was even born. It says in scriptures that before the foundation of the world began, God already knew my life. And he was preparing me for this. He could already look ahead in his foreknowledge and in his sovereignty and say, one day, Daniel's going to be a pastor. (laughs) And check this out. I'm going to send him to Alabama. And and he's going to have to go through some life. He's going to have to go through some experiences. He's going to have to go through some stuff to prepare him for that moment. And I'm telling you today, if I had not had the experiences I had in my life, I couldn't do what I'm doing today without it. I needed to go through it. I didn't know it then. I was just a kid. I was just a teenager. I'm just going through my life. But now today I realize, wow before I knew any one of you even existed, before my entire life would center around a place that I would call home for the rest of my life, before I even knew how to kill a deer. (laughs) I had to live some life so God could prepare me for this moment here. And what I'm saying to you is God has allowed some things to happen to you in your life to do what only you can do for that thing he planned for you a long time ago, before you were even born. He prepared you for those moments. And so many of us miss it because we're looking at it through the wrong filter. So we say it like this, changing the filter changes our perception. You gotta change the filter and it changes the perception, right? I love how Paul writes to another church in Philippi, he says it this way. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, Everything that has happened to me here has helped me spread the good news. So, in other words, Paul is saying, Hey, like they know I've gone through some tough times in my life, and everyone here knows why. It's because I'm sharing the good news. He says, Everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. In other words, Paul was arrested. Like he was, a, like he was literally in jail for what? Being a Christian. I'm reading uh, right now like a 40-day devotional from Voice of the Martyrs. And um, every single day it's a story about some Christian who was persecuted in some way. And sometimes I think about that like in America. Like what would happen? If people started getting arrested for going to church, you know, or we got arrested for sharing our faith. And yet this is a reality so many brothers and sisters around the world, followers of Christ, experience. And Paul's like, I'm arrested. Like I'm literally in jail for following God. Like could you imagine, like, how would you feel like, God, I'm literally in jail because I was telling people about you. This is messed up. Like, this, this, this is what I get? This is what I get, right? Of course I'm going to get arrested. I start following Jesus. And, like, this is what's going to happen with my life. And Paul's like, no. He changed the filter. He's like, he's like, I'm arrested. He's like, yo, like, I got street cred now, right? Like, I'm on the street. He's like, yeah, I've been arrested, you know? I've been arrested. And he's like, why are you like, I was telling people about Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, I got the scar, right? And he's like, I'm arrested. He's like, everyone here knows why I was arrested, All the palace guards, he's like, I have a captive audience. All these people here, they're literally like like guards were chained to Paul, and then like those guards felt like prisoners. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm gonna tell you about Jesus. And he said, I get to tell everyone. And he says, because of that, all the other believers here, they're now like bold. They're like full of confidence. They're trusting in God. He's like, this is a good thing. I needed to be arrested. His perception completely changed. And here's the thing for you. Uh, You can't control what happens to your life. Like you can't control what happened in your past. You can't control what's going to happen. You can't control what will happen. All you can do is change your perception. You can change the filter. It's the only thing that you can do. So where are you at in your life like right now? Like think about your life today. Are you where you thought you would be? Well, Probably not. But the reality is you probably are because those are the thoughts that you have. It pushed your life in that direction. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, man, I just didn't think I would be in this kind of marriage. I didn't think I would have to start all over. I didn't think that, you know, I was going to have the kids that I do. Man, I have too many kids. Man, I don't have any kids. I wish I had some kids. And you're constantly in this low state of mind. You're tuning your thoughts to the wrong things, and that's all you're picking up. This is never going to change. My life will always be this way. And you're in this constant state of negativity. And what I'm telling you is you need to change your filter. You need to change what you're using to look at your life. And instead of being ungrateful, you begin to look at it through a different perspective. Hey, my marriage isn't perfect, but I'm thankful that God gave me someone to spend my life with. I'm thankful for the family that I have. I'm thankful for a job that I can provide for my family. I'm thankful that I can whatever. You start changing the filters that you have in your life to look at your life differently. It's normal to be in AM. It's normal to be in this low state of mind. That's most of America. We're constantly depressed. We're constantly isolated. We're constantly looking for ways to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. And yet our minds continue to stay in this place where we're only listening to the negativity and the isolation and the fear and the insecurities. Now, I want you to understand that life is also like a roller coaster, all right? It's it's literally there's ups and downs. It is normal for you to have like a low state of mind. It's normal for like a bad thing to happen to you or to get a gut punch and then to start thinking maybe some dark thoughts. I'm not saying that's not abnormal. What I'm saying that we need to do is not to stay there, to recognize it for what it is, and then to go, no, no, I'm going to choose to now listen to truth. I'm not going to listen to this station anymore. I'm going to tune my thoughts to something different because I want the truth. I don't want to be in this place anymore. The negative thoughts that you have, did you know they don't come from you? I know this is wild to think about, but think about this for a second. The negative thoughts that you have don't actually come from you. No one here would choose to self-sabotage yourself. No one would choose that. No one here would choose to think, well, I'm unworthy, I'm unloved, I'm disconnected, I'm unqualified, I have no purpose, I live alone in isolation. No one would choose those thoughts on purpose. You have an enemy that's looking to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And it literally says in scripture that we have to renew our minds. The enemy knows that your weakest In your mind. The enemy knows that if he can get to your mind, if he can change your thoughts by using your own voice, he tricks you into thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm always going to be bad. No one will ever love me. People will always leave me. People, you fill in the blank. He got you exactly where he wants you. In a low state of mind, you would never think those thoughts about yourself on purpose. You have an enemy that is doing that to you. So, today we're going to talk about like five filters that the enemy uses in your life. And I believe these filters, every one of us at maybe some point in time have put them on, or you will put them on, or you're still using them today. But he uses five filters. This isn't all of them, but I think these are the biggest ones. The first filter he'll use in your life is doubt. Some of you are looking at life through through the filter of doubt Can I trust God? Can I trust my spouse? Will I make it through this? I can't do it. And you doubt yourself. You're questioning yourself. You're questioning God. You're questioning your friends. You're losing confidence. You feel powerless. Doubt will turn into uncertainty because you're fearful. You don't know. And that uncertainty turns into fear and insecurity. It's an endless loop that keeps you circulating. And it all goes back to doubt. The only way to change the filter of doubt is to learn to trust. Which is tough because you doubt that you can trust. It's backwards thinking. But it's the only way to change the filter of doubt in your life. Some of you have some great reasons to doubt. But what I'm telling you is you got to stop looking at life through this filter. You've got to change the filter. And you only do that by leaning into trust By leaning into faith, by saying, all right, Lord, you know my struggle, you know my insecurity, you know my fear, you know what I'm thinking, but I'm going to trust that your ways are higher than my ways, they're better than what I can think of, and that you have my good in your mind for me. I'm going to trust you. He will use the filter of doubt. The second filter he'll use in your life is distortion. The enemy will use the filter of distortion. Distortion like blurs reality, right? It's one of those things where like if you ever like get your eyes checked, you get your eyes dilated, right? It's the only time my eyes aren't slanted, you know, when they're, when they're dilated, right? So you ever have your eyes and you try to like look at stuff and like everything's like blurry, like you can't see, it's distorted. And, and some of us are looking at our life through the filter of distortion, and it's blurring what truth is. It covers it up, and we're believing things based on lies. Distortion changes our reality. Some of you are blaming someone for something that they didn't even do. That's what distortion does. You blame people for stuff they, they didn't even do, but it feels like in your reality they did it, but in the reality is they didn't. Our feelings lead us astray. See, that's a lie that our society would tell you. Just follow your heart. Think what you feel. And that is right for you. Your truth is your truth. It's all bull crap. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I forgot we're live on the stairs. <laughs> so, sorry. if that offending you, I mean, it, you could, I guess, change the filter. <laughs> right? So, Our feelings lead us astray. It takes us down a path we should never go down, right? It takes us down, like our feelings, because they feel this way, it's real, but our feelings so often are not based on reality. So our minds, our feelings, our heart takes us a direction, but we know that scripture tells us that the heart is deceitful, it's desperately wicked, no one can understand it. We have to stop Looking towards these lies and distortion, and we have to replace it with truth. Which means what? We got to get into like God's word. We got to read the Bible. We got to read some things that are gonna help us give us a clearer view of reality. So, if some of you are wondering, where should I read the Bible? Do I start an Old Testament, New Testament? Like, start with the Gospel of John. I, I love John's Gospel because it's like he was one of Jesus' closest. Uh, followers, one of his best friends, and he writes just an amazing like, first-hand account of what it looked like to follow Jesus. I would, I would personally start there. right? But you have to replace the lies that you believe about yourself with truth and that distortion gets a little clearer and you can see life differently. Here's the third um, filter he will use. It's discouragement. Discouragement. So many of us Just live life completely discouraged. I can't win. I never win. Of course this was going to happen. I don't deserve this. And you feel defeated. You feel like it's your fault. You have this guilt and shame and these thoughts. They're all just circling in your head. And it's just like, see, the enemy says, see, this is why God doesn't love you. Oh, did you see what you just did? And you think now you're going to pray? Oh, you just made this, did you just see what you were looking at, and now you're going to go to church? Do you think God's okay with that? He does not want you there, and we constantly live in discouragement. You see, the enemy, what he's trying to do is he's trying to separate you. He's trying to separate you from God. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the very beginning in Genesis when Adam and Eve, when they sinned, it says in Scripture, like, that God used to walk with mankind like he used to be there. But when Adam and Eve messed up, you know what they did? They went and isolated themselves. They went and hid because they were afraid that God wouldn't love them. The enemy said, see, look what you did. And they went and hid for themselves and they heard God. And that's the same thing that you're going to do. You're going to mess up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make some bad decisions. You're going to do some stuff. And you know what your, your number one reaction is going to be? Not go to church. I am not going to church. Ooh, I do not want, mm mm-mm, I messed, I cannot go to church. God does not, ooh, he is mad at me. But the opposite is actually true. When you want to run away from God, you need to run to God. Do you see when God walked in the garden, he sees Adam and Eve, what he does is he covered their sin and he said, hey, I'm here. I love you. I'm for you. I'm for you. And some of you, that's why church is so important because you need other people who are going to be with you in life because you're going to blow it sometimes. But you need people who are going to be with you to say, hey, we're going to walk through this thing together. That doesn't mean that the choice you made was okay, but it means you don't have to walk through it alone. We're going to walk through it with you. And so when you feel like you've messed up, stop running away, run to God. You're going to find that the opposite is actually true. So that's what the enemy's going to do. And some of you are just so discouraged when you don't have to use that filter anymore. Here's the fourth filter the enemy will use. It's distraction. Distraction. Distraction is the thing that keeps you from what matters the most. If the enemy can't trip you up, if he can't tempt you, if he can't like... Get your life off course. What he's going to do then is he's going to distract you. And he's really good at distracting your life. And one of the craziest ways he does that is through our smartphones. I remember this lady. This is going to be crazy for some of our like Gen Zers up in the room. But So back in the day, I remember being like a kid. And we went to like a Best Buy, uh, maybe Staples. We walked into one of these stores. And we were looking at home computers these big boxes for like two thousand dollars we could bring it home and I could play Tetris you know what I mean like I was so excited like oh my gosh this is amazing I I could literally type on a keyboard and it will print off you know and like it print what I wrote on the screen like this is wild to me right like this is crazy Like back in the day, like if I wanted to listen to music, like the cool dudes would walk around, big old like like, uh, boombox, right? Like, bam, like, like, oh, okay, that dude's cool, right? You got the boombox. Or if you were really cool, like when I was in high school, you'd have the Walkman. Bam, big old CD right there. Like, yeah, I don't listen to song seven because it sucks, right? but the rest of the CD is banging, right? And you're like walking around like, yeah, watch this. You could hit the CD. Mine doesn't skip. Mine doesn't skip. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's when you knew you had a good one. If yours didn't skip, then you had a good one, right? You got a fanny pack, like, yeah, I'm so cool. Now, now, literally, all the things that you ever wanted to do, like for us, like millennials, you know what I'm saying? Like, like y'all know, like anything we want to do is on our phones now. Games we just have to play quarters for, we can have it for free right here on our phones. And honestly, every time I feel like I get good at it, I struggle with it all over again. I get good at it and I struggle with it all over again. It's this constant distraction. Man, it distracts us from the things that matter the most. Like our phones, like our society is distracted. There's so many studies that just continue to show like what phones are actually doing to us as a society. And it's not helping us. I mean, yeah, there's some cool things about it, but like it is, it is bringing us... Down as a whole. And then you know what else we do with our phones is we like this brand new thing. We invented it. Millennials invented it. It's this thing called social media. And all we do is live in this constant state of comparison. Look at what they're doing. Look at where they're going. Right? Why does she always look that good? Filter. Right? Why does she all... <laughs> angles. Right? Uh, why does... You're looking, hey, hus, hus, look, look at the vacation they just went to. Vacation, vacation. Say it with me, vacation, vacation. Why do they get to go on vacation, right? But what you don't know is that vacation has put them in debt and you have no idea how they're going to pay it off and they're going to have to make some big decisions. We're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. And, you know, I'm like, like, for real, like, Sometimes as a pastor, like I do that too. I'm like, man, like sometimes, like I'll go other churches or like different things I'm speaking or the conference or just different things I'm speaking at or whatever. And I'll go to other places and like, man, I get, I get jealous of people's parking lots. I'm like, oh man, like, dude, we had that parking lot. You know what I mean? Like we had that parking lot. Man, like our church. And I start to think, and you know what I realize? Like I'm comparing myself to somebody else. And here's the thing, God doesn't compare us to anybody else. Like at the end of it all, God's not comparing me to any other pastor. He's only going to compare me to me and how I did with being faithful and obedient. And the same thing's true for you. God's not going to look at your spouse, he's not going to look at your kids, he's not going to look at your parents, he's not going to look at your coworker, he's not going to look at whoever else. He's going to look at you and he's going to compare yourself to yourself, and he's going to say, how did you do in being obedient to what I have called you to do? When we want to point the finger and say, yeah, but look at, no, no, he says, no, 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 I'm looking at you. He distracts us, and so many of us have just been distracted And what you're finding, and hey, let's just call it for what it is, like, sometimes, man, like our phones make us feel good. We're like, man, it gives me a little bit of relief. I can escape reality for a moment. But the truth is, it's just temporary relief. It won't restore your soul. Only God can do that. Here's the fifth filter. The enemy is going to use all of those things. One, two, three, four, doubt, distortion, discouragement. Um, He's going to use distraction. The fifth filter is this, division. Division. The enemy wants to divide you. Did you know that the Greek word for anxiety, and I'm not going to say it in Greek, but the Greek word for anxiety means to divide, to separate. That when you feel anxious, when you have moments of anxiety, it separates you from the thing that you were connected to. So when we feel anxious about something, it feels like God is distant. But the reality is God never left. We feel separated, and God never left us. Division makes it feel like people are our enemies when they never were the enemy. We feel divided, and it drives a wedge in your relationships. And when you have division, negativity is always going to follow that. Jesus says, be anxious for nothing. Give me all of your cares, worries, and fears. It's like, God, but you're not there. And he's like, no, I've always been here. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm right here. You feel separated because you're anxious. You're divided, but I've never left your side. You just have to turn around and see that I am here for you because your thoughts are taking you on a journey. Your strongest thoughts push your life in that direction. And it's no wonder where you're at today because you thought yourself right. To the place where you are. And so what I'm telling you is you have to learn to win the mind games. Go back in scripture. At the very beginning, we read that Paul says you take those thoughts captive. We make it obey Christ. You have this thought and say, no, that's a lie. I am choosing not to believe this lie anymore. I want to experience peace in my life. So I've got to capture these thoughts. I'm going to replace it with truth. One truth at a time. I'm going to change one filter at a time. I'm going to go through this list. I'm going to do the hard work. And maybe you might need a counselor to help you, but to look back and go, no, that is wrong. That is not true. And I understand I feel this way, but now looking at it, that is not the thing that I'm going to see anymore. I'm going to see that God was preparing me for something good, and he's going to use it for my good. And anything that has ever happened to me, he will let it be used for his glory. That's what I'm going to choose to do. Why did God let me go through? No, 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 no. God allowed you to go through that. To prepare you for something else that you're going to need it for down the road. Some of y'all, in you know, the next generation, right, teenagers, like God is allowing some things in your life right now to prepare you for that moment when you're an adult. God has prepared some things in my life now that I'm going to need and the next 10, 15 years of my life. He's letting it happen. And everything that it happens, it's used for God's glory. It all just comes down to your filter. What's the filter you're looking at life through? Where are your life at today? It's time to change the filter and say, Lord.